And so I want to begin at verse 4. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, Thus I Have My Phone. Jesus is saying and speaking to his disciples, and he says these words. He says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. Somebody say the gift. The gift he promised, as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, I will, I, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the disciples were with Jesus, they kept asking him, hey, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Verse 8, but you will receive. Somebody say receive. Yeah, you'll receive what? You're going to receive power when what? The Holy Spirit comes what? Comes upon you, and you will be Notice he didn't say, and you will go witnessing. He said, you will be my witnesses. Nothing wrong with witnessing, but let your life be a witness. We'll talk about that. And you will be my witnesses telling people everywhere about me, everywhere in Valencia, San Fernando Valley, even to the ends of Tahunga, <laughs> in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Father, thank you. Pray for the next 20 minutes that you would just speak something uh, so clear and dynamic to this great church. Thank you for the well. Thank you. We're going deeper in Jesus' name. Come on, one more big amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Appreciate your ministry. Appreciate everybody that's doing what you're doing. We can't do church unless people are serving, and thank you for serving and doing what you're doing because it's making a big difference in God's house. Amen. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight briefly on the topic, you've got all you need. You've got all you need. We, we live in a world that's very interesting. We live in a world that if you're not careful, the world is telling us that we don't have everything we need. Um, I actually have a degree in business. I have a degree in accounting, took a lot of marketing classes. And marketing is all about people or companies telling you that your one-year-old car is not good enough anymore. Come on, somebody. It's, 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 it's the fashion world telling you that you just bought something in three months old. Come on, now you got you to gotta update your wardrobe. Everything about this world is literally linked to its, its limitations. For instance, you can only drive your car so far because your gas tank is limited. It can only... A whole 20 gallons or 10 gallons or 12 gallons. You say, well, I, don't, I didn't use gas. I'm a Tesla person. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love Tesla. But even with your Tesla plug-in, you can only go approximately 312 miles, depending upon how you drive that bad boy. Personally, my friend has one, and when he lets me drive it, it only is good for about 25 miles because I'm gunning that thing all the time. All right? So everything about this life, about this world is limited. Everything in the natural is limited. I played basketball today and I found out my limitations. I found out that at one time I could jump, but brown man can't jump anymore. Come on. Right? I found out that, I, that when I was younger, I could run full court and I could do that for about two hours. Today, I was running half a half a court. And I lasted about an hour, right? And, and, and then I broke my finger, and I realized my, my limitations, and, 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 and I realized that, that if we're not careful, we live in this world that is limited, but sometimes we take that 
and we put that on God. See, when we are in God's kingdom, how many know that God has unlimited power? That, that God says, that Jesus said that with men it is impossible. Come on, but with God all things are possible. Right? So, so in God's kingdom, if you realize who you are as a follower of Jesus, you say, well, I'm not a follower of Jesus, man. I'm just here checking this stuff out. Well, I'm so glad that you're here because you're at a church that says, listen, you don't have to believe to belong. You can belong and eventually you're going to believe. You just come on just like you are. Come on with your questions. Come on with, 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 well, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. It's okay. You're in a safe place. You're in a church that says, listen, you just come, and we're going to talk to you about the greatest God-man that has ever come, and his name is Jesus. And when Jesus begins to reveal himself, something good is going to happen in your life. Yeah. See, see if we're not careful, we will think, well, wait a second. God, I don't have everything that I need. And, and sometimes with pastors and sometimes with leaders and sometimes with just individuals, we actually think, okay, if I just get this one thing, then I'm finally going to get everything I need. And if I just get this, if I just get that, if I just get this. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus, as he's getting ready to go up in, in Acts chapter 1, imagine this, you're Jesus and you have one last thing to tell your disciples, one last thing. You see, the last thing you say is the most important thing, right? So thus my wife always tells me when I leave on a trip, I love you. It's not like, did you pay the bills? The most, the last thing you say is the most important thing. Now listen, women, you know this to be true. When my wife says, I love you, what does she want to hear from me? That's what I, I said, baby, I told you I loved you when I married you, and if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> How many know that I need marriage counseling now? Come on now. <laughs> right? So Jesus right here in the text, Jesus is here, and Jesus begins to outline to these disciples, and I'm going to paraphrase what he's about to say. He tells them, listen, I am leaving, but I am not going to leave you here on this planet, and you're not going to have everything you need. But Jesus actually says, guys, I'm going to make sure that if you're going to follow me, I'm going to give you everything that you need to live victorious, to live overcoming, to live with the higher vision, to understand that I'm for you, not against you, that you're going to be so powerful in the inside, no matter what's happening on the outside, it doesn't matter because you're bigger in the inside than you are on the outside. Yeah. Thus, we could be men and women of God that look at circumstances and situations and we don't live in denial. We see the mountain. But instead of letting the mountain speak to us, we speak to the mountain. We speak to life. We speak God's plans. Come on, we speak God's purposes. See, it's so important, and I love this church. If, if I was living in, in, in the area here, I'd come to Higher Vision Church, and that would be my pastor. Why? Because we believe in Ephesians 3.20. We believe that God has a higher vision. Come on, that God has a higher plan. That God has greater thing. That my best days aren't behind me. Come on, my best days are still ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus here, he's here. And I want to just give you four things, just four things. Write these things down. And uh, the more you say amen, the quicker I preach. We could be out of here at 715. 710 if somebody waved a hanky at me. 
Some of you don't even know what I say. Like, what's that? Waving a hanky? No, no, that's okay. <laughs> Number one, write this down. The Father has a gift. The Father has a gift. Jesus says, I don't want you to depart from Jerusalem until you receive, watch me, the gift, the gift, the gift that the Father has for you, that the Father has promised to send you this gift. You see, Jesus is saying, hey, man, I'm getting ready to go, but my Father has a gift for you. And the gift specifically was the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was the precious Holy Spirit, the Perikletos, the advocate, the comforter, the one that is like Jesus, that points, points us back to Jesus. He says, the Father is going to send you a gift. I love it because we serve a heavenly Father that loves, come on, to give gifts. Jesus said this way, he said, if your earthly fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to their earthly children, how much more, emphasis in the Greek, overemphasis in the original language, how much more? It's like Jesus was, was actually shouting, how much more does your heavenly Father give good gifts to them that ask him? Now, the only reason why you won't ask God for a gift is you may not understand his character. Because we understand that he's a good God. Come on, he's a generous God. Come on, he's for you, not against you, Father. Right? So, so I, I like to say it this way. God is only limited by your asking. You got to ask so big that only God could do it. I think some of us are praying prayers that are too safe. We pray prayers that we think could come to pass. I want to pray prayers that only God can make it come to pass. He says, the Father has a gift for you. And he says, it's a gift. A gift is a gift. Listen to this, because it's a gift. That's deep. Can you say that again? I, I, I got I to I write this down. Okay, a gift is a gift because it's a gift. Now, why, why are you emphasizing this? Because we think payment, God thinks gifts. If you could earn, deserve, or work for a gift, it's no longer a gift, it's a payment. Okay, so let me go, let me go down this way just for a second. Many times we think we're earning and deserving, and when we earn and deserve enough, then God's going to give us something. The kingdom of God is not about earning and deserving. It's about believing and receiving. It cannot be about earning and deserving. Because if we earn and deserve, then what we are saying is, I'm going to, you know, by my own effort, by my own ability, by me doing it. And, and what happens is we have an earning and deserving mentality. And if God doesn't show up fast enough, you get mad. And you look at everybody else and you say, well, God, I work harder than them. I deserve it better than them. God, why are they doing that? And, and God says, you know, you don't understand. I'm so good. I want to give gifts. Gifts are not about earning and deserving. They're about believing and receiving. This will be the greatest breakthrough in your life if you understand that we serve a God that says, I want to give you a gift just because I'm that kind of a God. Because I'm that generous. 
See, when I start talking like this, people are looking at me like, well, I don't know about that. I, you know, I, I think I earned it. I think I deserve it. I think, no, no. You're never saved because you earn it or deserve it. You're saved by grace through faith, not of, uh, of works as any man or woman should boast. And so Jesus is saying, the Father's going to send this gift. You don't earn or deserve a gift. You simply believe and receive that now God wants to give you this gift. God wants to heal bodies tonight. God wants to give you breakthroughs tonight. God wants to do things, come on, at the well tonight. God wants you to draw closer to him because he wants to draw closer to you. See, I, I, I often talk with people and they go, no, no, no. So let's go down this road just for a second because I want to work this point just for a moment. Uh, how many have kids? Can I see your hand? How many have kids? Okay. And, there's, and, and, and you didn't kill them even when they were bad. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I have kids. And, and, and I want to ask the question, why do we give gifts to our kids on their birthday if you're an earning and deserving kind of a person? Because those kids didn't do nothing. I'm going to get some amens from some, some ladies here right now. Watch this. Right? Those kids did nothing on the day of their birth. Who did all the work? Not the dads. Feeding ice chips to your wife is not work. Yeah, now I'm getting to preach it on the front row now, ain't I? When a wife was giving birth um, to our first child and we went to all those classes, you know, those classes, breathe, <laughs> breathe, <laughs> well, you know, and all those classes and stuff like that. That goes, that goes out the door. The pain kicks in and she says, give me some ice chips. She was possessed. <laughs> like, oh, my God, she's possessed. Give me ice chips. I, I grabbed a cup of ice chips and I took a few steps back and I grabbed an ice chip. I said, open up your mouth. And I just like Kobe Bryant did a fadeaway. <laughs> I don't want to get close to you. You're not, you're not acting sane right now. Okay, so if you're, if you're an earning, deserving kind of a person, let's just go down that route. Okay. Then on the birthday of every child, the kids should not get the gifts. The moms every year. I, not, not just the first year, every year should get gifts because you pushed, you sweated, I mean, you cried out, ah, and you pushed that baby out. And here's the crazy thing. That baby didn't want to come out for some of you. I mean, why would you want to come out? You got a one-bedroom apartment. You got regulated temperature. You can eat on demand. Life is good, man. Right? I mean, just think about it. I mean, little Joey didn't want to come out. Little Jimmy didn't want to come out. Little Susie, why would you want to come out? And all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. Come on, this is a California crowd. You can work with me a little bit. Right? And, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, go to the light, go to the light, go to the light, you know. And, and, and little Johnny or little Susie pops out, right? And, 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 and honestly, it's an alien. When my, my, my firstborn was born, I mean, they pull them out, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is it? They say, do you want? I said, no, clean them up. Do whatever. Just get no. The only one that thinks that kid is good looking is who? The mom, because she's on drugs. 
She's seen pink elephants. Everybody's good looking. It's like, yeah, great. Yeah, pump me a little bit more with that. All right. So, so watch. So we give little Johnny his first year, birthday, third year, fourth year, fifth year. And I'm just going to let you into my life. There's been a couple years when some of my kids aren't acting right. And every parent has said this at least one time. Okay, at least dysfunctional ones like me. Benaya, if you don't start acting right, you're getting nothing on your birthday. I mean, it could be the day of his, the morning of his, I'm telling you, Benaya, you are not going to get anything tonight. Go to your room. He's walking up to his room going, yeah, right, Dad. Because something magically happens. That that night, the birthday cake comes out, the candles are lit. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Benaya. Happy birthday to you. And he gets all his gifts. Now, now, now why? why? Why does he get this? This intrigues me because I, I think about life and I'm going, why do our kids get gifts when they don't earn it or deserve it? And all of a sudden I just thought about this. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, simply because they were born. Why does God give you gifts? Simply because you were born again. That because of what Jesus has done, you now can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You could receive, come on, a gift of healing. You could receive all kinds of gifts, spiritual gifts, come on, financial breakthroughs, all because of what Jesus has done. And because Jesus did it, we get to enjoy. Come on, mama, because you push out those kids, watch me now, they get to enjoy life. I am glad that we have a heavenly father that says, you know what, I want to give you a gift. I was preaching at a church and... My wife tells me, Benny, don't name drop because she's a preacher's kid. So she kind of helps me because I'm not a preacher's kid. And so I used to name drop a lot, you know. I, 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 I preach for so-and-so and so-and-so. So I won't, I won't name drop. I was preaching at this church in Dallas, Texas, okay. It's a big church in Dallas, Texas. And, and uh, <laughs> I didn't name drop. I'm just saying, right. So I won't tell you the guy's name. Uh, but when I was there with Bishop and... Uh, <laughs> That's not his, on his, on his birth certificate, it's not Bishop. It's T.D. Jakes. His birth certificate. So I'm preaching, right? I'm going for it. I'm going for it. And it's predominantly African-American church. And, and, you, and, and, and I just say, Jesus, they're like, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Somebody came up to a keyboard, nah, nah, nah. And I said, yeah, let's go, nah. The Lord said, nah, you're coming out, nah. You're coming out. Some of you Caucasian folks are like, what was that? I don't know what that was. That, what, kind of, what kind of church? What, what is that? What is that? What, what is that? Well, you know, when you go to African-American church, they clap on one beat. And if you go to a Caucasian church, they clap on another beat. So what is God is going to do, God is going to bring together all races so we will never miss a beat. 
So I'm preaching, watch, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And, and the Holy Spirit points out a lady on the far right in this auditorium, and she's the third lady on the end, right, where that, where that guy is, that, 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 that guy with the crossed arms like that. It'd be like right over there. No, that's not, I'm not putting, I'm just trying to identify you, sir. I'm just, <laughs> you're a nice man. You're smiling. I'm just, anyway. Uh, and so, so right where that man is, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me as I'm preaching, and he says, give that lady the $100 bill that's in your pocket. Well, the next thought I had is I rebuked that thought in Jesus' name. No, this is true. That can't be God because he should ask for the tithe, the $10 out of the 100 It wouldn't leave me. It wouldn't leave me. It wouldn't leave me. I, I stopped my preaching. And I said, dear lady, right there. She waves her hand. I said, yeah, you, you know. And, and I go, the Lord spoke to me to give you the $100 bill that's in my pocket. She goes crazy. No, like crazy. Like, wow, yeah. The place goes crazy. I mean, it's wild. And I'm like, yeah, God, it's awesome, God. And, and then I, I, and I said, I said, dear lady, I don't, I don't care if you're a good person or a bad person. Everybody says she's a good person. She's a good person. Now joy's breaking out. People are crying. I'm crying because I have to give the $100 bill. <laughs> and what I'm about to tell you changed my life. I looked at her and I said, dear lady, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or not. I said, because a gift is given not on the merit of the one receiving the gift, but on the merit of the one giving the gift. Let me retranslate that for you. The reason why God gives gifts to you isn't that sure that good. It's because he's that good. It's because he's that good. It's because he's that generous. It's because he's that awesome. It's because he's that incredible. It's because Jesus is actually that audaciously gracious. Jesus said, hey, the Father's going to give you the gift. Number two, write this down. Not only is the Father going to give you a gift, but number two, look what he says. He says, when this gift of the Holy Spirit comes, this is what's going to happen. The Spirit has power. The Spirit has power. He says in verse 8, you will receive. Somebody say receive. You will receive power. You're not going to qualify it. You're not going to earn it. You will simply receive this power. That word power is might, strength, that which overcomes resistance. I like to say it this way. It's a supernatural power to get the job done. Pastor Jared did awesome last night talking about the anointing, the power of God, that he said that, he actually believes that whatever he puts his hand to, he's going to be successful. I love when he said that because that's a God confidence. Because the power that God gives us is for us not just to make it, but it's for us that whatever he put our hand to, come on, he wants us to be successful. And so he says the spirit has power. You're going to receive it. It's a gift. Just receive this incredible 
power. If you're a business person, a businesswoman, a businessman, I'm here to tell you that God is going to give you supernatural power to do things with your business. In fact, God's going to blow open doors for you. Somebody here is going to write a script and a movie script, and that movie is going to be a blockbuster movie. Somebody here is going to become the next greatest, biggest megastar in Hollywood, and you're going to use that platform. Come on for the glory and honor of God. Everything that you do, because the Spirit is going to give you supernatural power to get the job done. We need to have men and women that go into every sphere of this world and entertainment. Come on, in the sports, in business, uh, in, in education, in politics. And we can go in and say, you know what? I have confidence because I have the power of God living big inside of me. You have been given supernatural power by the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. I like to say it this way. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're possessed. Now, in the culture which we live in, there's a lot of movies, especially when we were around Halloween. Insidious, I think, 25. You know, when I was growing up, it was Freddy Krueger. Come on, somebody. I'm going to go really old school. The Exorcist. There's crazy movies, right? But when you see these movies, it's always about this demon possessing somebody and they're, you know, and, and they're, they're levitating. Come on. Paranormal activity, I think four has come out or five's come out. And it's so interesting that when Hollywood portrays somebody that's possessed by a demon spirit, it's incredible how powerful that spirit is and all the things that the person can do because this demon spirit is possessing them. My friends, if that's what happens when a demon spirit possesses somebody, I got better news for you. What happens? <laughs> what happens? When you realize that you have been filled, possessed by a spirit. But that spirit is the Holy Spirit. That, my friends, is an incredible thing. You know, Hollywood came, uh, uh, Halloween was around and, and uh, my, my, my eight-year-old was having discussions with some kids that go to his school. And, um, and, 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 and they, they were saying, oh, better watch out for ghosts. Better watch out. Ghost Benaya, Ghost Benaya, Ghost Benaya. My, my eight-year-old goes, there are no ghosts. There's only one ghost. It is the Holy Ghost. I'm like, where'd you learn that old King James? Come on. Jesus said, the Father's going to give you a gift. The Holy Spirit's going to give you power. The third point very quickly is, and you are the person. He says, you will receive. Not the super spiritual, got it all together person, but you will receive. You will receive. You will receive. In Acts chapter 2 now, what happens on the day of Pentecost when they were all gathered together, it said that the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. And the Bible says that now there were tongues of fire that alighted. Watch this alighted or landed on every one of them. Everybody that is a follower of Christ, I'm telling you, 
that you have been filled with the Spirit when you were born again. You could be filled with the Spirit and now receive spiritual gifts. There's incredible things that God wants to release and give out even tonight here at the well as we're going deeper this weekend. But you cannot look at somebody and say, well, that's only for her because she's singing and and it's only for him because he's doing that. No, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you online. It's for everybody that understands that God wants to do something supernatural within your life. I believe this is for you. I remember when God called me to the ministry. I was 21 years of age. I was backslidden. What does that mean? I I, I accepted Christ when I was young. And then when I turned 18, I decided to do my own thing from 18 to 21 and partying and going to nightclubs. Come on, back in the 80s. Come on, Depeche Mode. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The roof, the roof. The roof is on fire. Don't finish the song. It's a bad song. Come on, material girl. Come on, Madonna. Come on now, somebody. You know what I'm talking about, right? So, so, so I, I would not qualify to be the kind of a person, but this is what happened to me. I was walk, walking along a beach in 1986, San Onofre State Beach, right by the nuclear power plants. So I know you guys do the other beaches, but I'm talking about Orange County because that's where I grew up. And I'm walking along the beach down there in San Onofre, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, month of July, and all of a sudden, in 1986, all of a sudden, God shows up on the beach. I was not looking for God. I was looking at girls. There I am walking with my red Speedos. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you visualize that, it will break every lustful spirit in your body. It will just come out. Just out here right now. That's my personal deliverance for you. If I'm too much for you, just say he's from Vegas. Just say he's from Vegas. I won't come back. I'm not coming back to Valencia. But I'm walking along the beach in my board shorts, in my long trunks to my ankles, okay. I'm walking. I have my friend Paul Fournier with me. We're just talking about life. We're just talking. And I can't explain it. When I start telling the story, it gets a little spooky. It gets a little weird, a little strange, a little like, really? That's kind of out there. All of a sudden, I feel a presence. And it, it literally comes over me. And now I start getting emotional, and I, I almost, I, I'm trying to fight back tears. I'm like, because I'm with my buddy. There's girls, sunshine, waves. I'm flexing, yeah. And I'm like, he goes, dude, what's wrong? I said, oh, I just got some sand in my eyes. Just got some sand in my eyes. Just some in my I take about three other steps, and I hear Jesus. No, I heard Jesus. And the voice came to me and it said, son, it's time to come home. No, you got the wrong guy. God, I blasphemed your name. I, 
I did things I shouldn't have done. I know when the drugs were being passed around, God, I should have kind of, but God, I know that it's time to come home. Now, the presence of God is so thick on that beach. He didn't need an LED wall. There wasn't like, time out, let's set up the LED wall. Let's set up the keyboardist and call them on at the right time. God doesn't need a building to move. We build a building because you need it sometimes to disengage from everything else. Jesus shows up on the beach. The presence of God is so overwhelming. Now I'm starting to cry uncontrollably. My friend goes, dude, what's wrong? And by that time, it was over. I said, man, I don't, I, I, God is speaking, man. He goes, what? I said, man, I, dude, I just, and before I could say anything else, all of a sudden, he starts crying. And before you know it, we're both kneeling on a beach. San Onofre State Beach. And I'm crying, and I'm weeping. He's crying and weeping. People are looking at us like, what's wrong? And I didn't care. And God in that moment. He said, son, I came searching for you. I love you. It's time to quit running, not just for me, but from your calling. I want you to preach. I was in no condition to preach. If you looked at my life for the last three years, it was, I did not qualify to preach. But God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those that he calls. If somebody comes back to the keyboards, because that's a good sign we're ending. But we're not. But it's to help some of you out. I just feel God in this place. Lift your hand all over there. I really do. I just, I just feel God. Just lift your hand. You say, well, I'm a guest. What am I doing? You're just stretching. Just stretch towards, towards the sky. Just stretch. Just stretch. Just stretch. It's incredible what I sense right now. Put your hands down. The Father has a gift. The Spirit has power. You are the person, and Jesus has a plan. The purpose for the well, the purpose for us to go deeper isn't just to have spiritual experiences. Because the greatest spiritual experience that started the New Testament church was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the purpose was that you will go out, you will live beyond. You will reach that other city that you're having that evening service in. That you're going to reach beyond even this valley and beyond and continue to do what God has called you to do. For my friends, the power of God is given out of His grace. The power of God is given is simply a gift by the Father. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, He's going to release this incredible power in your life. 
and it's for everyone that would call upon the name of the Lord. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, it's for me. It's for me in the business. It's for me in entertainment. It's for me. It's not just for a platform. It's for the world. Came home. My mom knew that something had happened because she had been praying for me. I didn't tell my mom anything for two days. I'm a senior at Cal State Fullerton. I come home from school, university, getting ready to eat with my mom and my dad and my brother and my three sisters. I said, Mom and Dad, I got to tell you something. Because that morning I woke up, I said, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're working in my life. I said, God, I'm going to tell my parents what happened to me last week at the beach, and I'm still going to serve you, and I'm going to be an accountant. But, Lord, I'm not going to go into the ministry, and, but I'm going to serve you. You need to tell my parents before I tell them. And I know it's kind of like a fleece, a sign. I said, I'm just going to throw it up to you, God. And little did I know that that day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when my mom was washing some dishes at the house, the Spirit of God began to speak to her. And as if she saw a Blu-ray DVD version of what happened to me on the beach. She said, stop. Before you tell me anything, let me tell you exactly what happened to you five days ago. And literally, I'm telling you, I know, it's, I know it's out there. I know it's a little bit weird. I know it's a little bit strange. But my mom began to tell me, literally, like scene by scene, what happened to me, what I prayed, what I heard, and that God called me to the ministry. By that time, I, I can't eat my carne asada. Come on, Hispanic. For some of you, it would be a T-bone steak. Filet known for some of you. I'm weeping. I'm weeping. My mom and my dad got up from the table and they said, Son, we bless you. You need to leave business school because God's called you to be a preacher. I re-enrolled at Vanguard University. Went from senior status to sophomore status. I'm 23 years of age at this time now. They said, um, Mr. Perez, you should like finish your last year at Cal State and then go to Fuller, go to seminary. I said, no, God told me to go to Bible college. He told me to go to Bible college, to a university. He didn't say to go to seminary. We argued. I said, do you want my $16,500 a year or not? That's how much it was back then. They said, well, take it. I stand here before you. Listen to me, because I'm dead. I'm done. Not because I earn it, deserve it, or I'm that special. Simply because he called me. He filled me. And he called me to preach. The most unqualified person in this room is me. Because when I was younger, I got sick. Rheumatoid arthritis, Marfan syndrome, Graves' disease, hyperthyroidism. My body ravaged for six years. They said I'd be in a wheelchair by the age I was 25. I was so decimated that I couldn't look at people in the eyes because of the disease that was ravaging my body. I was so insecure. I was just so... And when God said, I'm calling you to preach, I said, God, I, I got to look at people. 
They're going to see me on big, big screens. With high def. But you know I learned? It's never really about me anyway. I'm just a messenger. Hispanic one. Funny. Skinny jeans. Two things are going to happen tonight. The greatest thing, how many want to see a miracle, like a real miracle? No, like, like how many want to see like the most awesome, incredible miracle you've ever seen in your life? You're going to see it in just about two minutes. Oh, what is it? Blind eyes? What is it? Deaf? Is, are they going to bring a dead body in? He's going to raise it from the dead? Actually, I am. You see, what we think the greatest miracle is is a physical healing, a deliverance. That is not the greatest miracle. The only time heaven rejoices is when one person gets right and becomes a follower of Jesus. It's the greatest miracle. In fact, that is actually biblically because we have doctor, the doctors in the front row here, Dr. Wayman. Okay, he went to a theological seminary. He will let you know this because this is true. Christianity is not going from bad to good. Good people don't go to heaven. I hate to bust your bubble, burst your bubble, but good people don't go to heaven. In fact, the gospel is, is not going from good, from bad to good. The gospel, according to the New Testament, is, is that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. The gospel is you actually go from being dead to alive. It is a spiritual resurrection. When you come alive, I feel you, Jesus. When you come alive, you come alive, you come alive, you come alive, and God does something. Come on, in tu corazón, He does something in your heart, and now you can really begin to live the life that God God wants you to live. So with every head up, every eye open, it may be just one. It could be none. When I say three, you know. Either you need to come back to God or you need to say, no, this is it. For the very first time, you know who you are. You know I'm talking to you. You know God is talking to you. You could be in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Tampa, Detroit, or Sacramento, or wherever else in the world. But God is, is touching you right now. I sense him. I feel him. The lady's going to get healed back there in the nice peach sweater on. No, you're going to get a physical healing because you need one, don't you? Why don't we just do it right now? Because I believe I don't have to touch you. Jesus touches you. Oh, I I believe in laying on of hands. I I believe that 100%. But I actually believe in an AT&T anointing. Long distance. I didn't say Verizon. Can you hear me now? Stand up. Just stand up right where you are. It's cool. Put, Put your hands over your heart. Both hands just over your heart. Just close your eyes. Stress is going to come off you. I see you sleeping through the night now. I see this worry and this tension and all this stuff that's, that's just wreaking havoc with you. 
Lord, I speak to her blood pressure. I speak, Lord God, to every part of her body. And we just declare healing in Jesus' name. Jesus, you're here. And where you're, where, wherever you are, God, anything can happen. So I just thank you for that touch. Are you ready to be healed? Say this with me, dear lady. Say, Jesus, I'm ready. Say, say this with me. Say, I receive. I receive my healing. Now just watch. Just, just stay there and just watch what he does with you right now. The rest of you just look up here. You know who you are. You're not right with God. You need to get right with God tonight. I came all the way from Vegas, and I'm going home to Vegas on Monday. I love that place. Love everything about it. Love it just, just raw. Just love it. It's crazy. Slot machines when you get in the airport. How good is that? But I'm here tonight. God's going to do something big. And what's going to happen when you raise your hand and say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, not only is heaven going to go crazy, but I like to say it this way, higher vision, let's give heaven a reason to party. Let's give heaven a reason to party, seeing more people come to Jesus than we've ever seen. You're sitting here right now. Are you ready? When I say three, you know who you are. You're going to shoot your hand up as quick as you can. Ready? One. You know, you're ready too. Are you ready? Say, what happens? I'm going to shoot my hand up and what else? We're going to all pray a prayer together. All of us are going to pray a prayer together. And then after I'm done, who's ever going to come up, pastor or so whoever, they're going to tell you what your next steps are. But you can literally, right now, receive the greatest gift and that's salvation. So one, you know who you are. Two, are you ready? When I say three, you can lift your hand up and say, that's it. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to receive right now. Ready? One, ready? Two, and Three, shoot your hand up. Just shoot your hand up. Just say, that's me. Thank you. Shoot it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's one. Thank you. There's two. Thank you. There's three. Thank you. There's four. Come on, shoot your hand up. You're going to clap. Really give God a big hand clap because heaven is rejoicing right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, keep clapping because it does something. The atmosphere really does. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Oh, heaven rejoices. Oh, heaven rejoices. Come on, they can clap for basketball. They can clap for football. We can clap for all that. But we're clapping for eternity.